This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, one and all, on not so bright a Saturday morning. As uh, Charlie and I look out the window here in Liberty Village, bit gloomy. very cloudy, the gloomy, yeah, huh? dank. Well, you know what? And this is this is the darkest month yeah. of the year. Oh, yeah. So there you if are. you're feeling a little down, it yeah. might be just connected to the day, lack of daylight. But three weeks, days start getting longer again. Oh, isn't yeah, that great? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, getting lighter later lately. <laughs> Say that three times yeah, fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, I want to uh, thank uh, our friend last week. For, Dennis Flan. Yes. Uh, Dennis Flanagan. For uh, sitting in. and uh, From his home in Stouffville. Yep. Uh, and, which was uh, great. I appreciate that. He yeah. uh, he stepped up. Uh, as you realize, I wasn't here. And, um, yeah, thank you for the various people that have sent very kind emails, et cetera. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a busy week, and it's I just so. going to get a little busier yeah. for the next little while. <laughs> yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> All right. Let me give out the phone numbers here, and we've got a complete blank screen oh, here. Nobody online yet. <laughs> However, after you hear these phone numbers, maybe you'll jump to it, okay? Uh, reach Charlie Dobbin here in the Garden Show by calling in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra goes, call early, call often, one question per call. Don't wait until the very end of the show. Well, that's then, what happens. Yeah. yeah. Then we got folks waiting and will never get on. That's exactly. Yeah. We run out, of, run out of air time at some that's point. That's right. And... Carlos, of course, would love to hear from you if you are a first-time caller, particularly. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to hear just before we get you on the air. I know. I said something to Elliot, I think, about garden wings. And he's like, what? I yeah. go, it's just silly. Yeah. It's just well, yeah. a bell and well, you get Clarence wings. from the from the old Jimmy Stewart movie. That's right. Maori, Maori. <laughs> so he's like, I don't get it. I go, yeah. I don't get it either, but people love it. Yeah. So just stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, here we are uh, on this um, Saturday getting ever closer. It's what, December 5th. Have you done all your Christmas shopping? Uh, you know, I went I went to uh, the dollar store oh. yesterday. <laughs> Don't tell Just, me. Well, uh, no, I wanted oh, to buy they, they're for, my, for my younger grandkids. Okay. Yeah. I uh, got stockings and just went around the store and picked up all sorts of crazy stuff that kids would love, you know, slime, balls oh, of slime. Oh, yeah. Ew, ew. <laughs> Sparkles. Yeah. yeah. Little flutes. Nice. You know, the yeah. recorders. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And the dollar store, my God, I spent 97 bucks. What? Yeah. Well, about 20, I figured about 20 bucks per kid. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and they'll be getting all <laughs> sorts quite a few of, of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's kind of fun, you know. I know. Yeah. yeah just uh, getting a bit creative with odds and, and sides. You, you, I don't know whether I sent you a picture of the uh, tree that no. uh, Shirley decorated. My God. Oh, she's just such oh. a Christmas oh, spirit she is. person. She is, she is crazy. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, uh, she at first thought, 
Why bother? We're, nobody's coming over. Just yeah. maybe her sister, Betty, will come over for Christmas, and that's it. Yeah. So why bother? But she is such I mean, a, she a creature hold of back. habit. Oh, she loves it. So everything's all decorated. Like again. the entire place. I know. Oh, yeah. Floor oh, yeah. to ceiling. The, We've man, got the mantle is garland all lit up and, and lights. Blinking and, and <laughs> winking and nod. Blinking and nod. So we uh, do yeah. uh, Realtree at our house. And create. I mean, I, I've heard... There's a shortage of real trees. Yeah, yeah. And it might be just because they haven't cut as many this year because they weren't sure if people were going to buy them. I mean, they can always, I guess, cut more if it comes to that. But, yeah, it becomes a bit of a challenge to find a real tree. But we did. We found um, in our neighborhood there in the Belleville area uh, a guy, you know, sort of outside of the strip mall in the parking lot with his trees and his trailer and uh, picked up three trees and took them home. So two go outside the front of my house and are lit up. You know, it's stuck in big planters. And the other one, it comes in the house. I haven't managed to bring it in the house yet. It's in the garage. And but, watering, uh, most important. Absolutely. Well, and it's, yeah, so it's in a bucket of water, yeah, right? Yeah, And I noticed the water is going down. Before I left, I go, Elliot, you got to watch the water. You got. <laughs> He's like, oh, how am I going to remember all this stuff? I'm like, put it in your phone. Good golly, man. Jack oh, water gosh. in tree, you know, feed cat. Like It's like, it's like so complicated for him, the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? We've got to take our, our first break here and then get back because we've got phones uh, on the go. Mm, we we are loaded with calls right now. That's wonderful. So we'll be back. Uh, you folks calling in right now. Hang tight. Charlie Dobbin coming back here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. You know, Charlie, <laughs> both of us, I note, I look like we've fallen out of the forest from the uh, yes. lumberjack school of tree cutting. <laughs> dressing, uh, we've yes. got our flannel shirts on. I know. It's like we got the same memo yeah, exactly. for a change. Yeah. Evelyn in Toronto, good morning. Hey, Welcome to the show. Just excuse me one second. Oh, yes. Carlos is also wearing plaid. Oh, is he really? Oh, it's my a, God, it's a, Yes, the triad. The uh, plaid triad. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, Evelyn. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Morning. I have I need I need your help. I have a peach tree and as the saying go nothing will it bear. Yeah. <laughs> but um when it bear the fruit is always um like it has a glue on top. Glue. Oh yeah, it's like sticky stuff, yeah. Yeah, sticky stuff. And the the fruit is is inside is hard. You can't use it. It's kind of rotten. Mm. Not rotten, but you know it's hard. That's the pits. (laughs) And you can't you can't use them. But it's great that it bears, actually, because yeah. peaches are not easy to grow in Ontario other than down in the Niagara area. It's oh, just a, I see. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's always a stressed plant as soon as you get <laughs> into the cooler. And you're in the Toronto area, so you're obviously in... Are you fairly close to the lake where you live? Um, not not too far, Eglinton yeah. and... Um well, it's certainly warmer than Markham, trust me, because mm-hmm. will, you will not, not get peaches in, in just even that little bit north. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I would suggest, probably, okay, all fruit trees are 
make they produce a lot of sugar in order yeah. to make those lovely fruits there's an awful lot of very sugary sap and liquid running inside the mm-hmm. any any uh, uh, fruit tree Holy so yeah. one of the things is of course every insect knows a fruit tree when they see it and they're very quick to get involved and start poking holes and drinking some of that wonderful mm-hmm. sap so there is something called dormant spray so, yeah i use that Every year I use that. Okay, good. And you mm-hmm. mix it up as per the instructions, add yeah, water. Yeah, the oil and the... And the lime sulfur. The lime salt, yeah. And you use that every spring? Yes. So with peaches, it's not a bad idea to use it in the fall as well. In the fall? Once it's dor- the plant is dormant again. So oh, I see. Because there's so many different uh, sort of syndromes and diseases of peach, you got to do everything in your power. The other do thing- you use the mixture or just the lime or just no, the water? Once it's dormant in the fall, you'll use the same mix that you used in the spring. Oh, the same. Okay. But mm-hmm. you're right. You can use just the straight lime sulfur, and it will tell you on the package as a summer spray if you see see. Uh evidence of any issues like insects or diseases. The other thing is think about the tree's health. Make sure you don't have grass growing right up to the trunk. Make sure you've got mulch. There's no no competition from Mm -hmm. other plants. Make sure that you feed this plant every spring with a um, whatever fruit tree food you'd like to give it. Make sure that it's been pruned properly so that there's good air circulation and good sun penetration into the plant. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's done very early in the spring, even before you do your dormant spraying. Um, so yeah. just do all sort of the right things to TLC the tree. And oh, then, prune, and then before you put this, this spray yeah, on. You're going to be pruning in the Toronto area probably yeah. in March, and you'll be spraying the dormant spray probably in April, depending on temperatures. Yeah. All right. Before so, the flowers come out. That's right. Definitely. <laughs> and do, do not ever spray a fruit tree when it's in flower. That's yeah. Uh, that's against the law, actually. So, oh, really? yeah, it is. Yeah, it's oh. because of the bees. Oh, yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah. So there is something called the Bee Act. It's Bee a, Act. It, yeah. Well, no, ACT Act. It's a piece of legislation uh-huh. that says nobody's allowed to spray any flowering oh, fruit oh, trees because yeah. of the bees. You will end. You will kill bees when you spray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Because they're floating around all over the place. Oh, right? very good. Of, of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All well, right. well, well, good luck that, with that. that helps, Evelyn. Thank, and, um, yeah. thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much, indeed. I always listen to your program. <laughs> thank oh, you. Bless your heart. Thank you. Bye-bye. you got very good taste. Uh, <laughs> Valerie in Toronto is with us. Charlie, good morning, Valerie. Good morning. Morning. I have a property in Frontenac, which is a little northeast of Kingston, mm-hmm. and it's Filled with poison ivy. Mm. Oh boy. Okay, I know how the plant grows and I have removed some of it by digging. And, but what do I do after I have dug up all of those things? Well, you should be fine once you've dug up, but um, you still got to be very vigilant to make sure that no more starts emerging from little yes. bits of roots that were left behind. Right. So if it's a really huge patch of just like, solid poison ivy, I think what, what a lot of times people will do is do the old tarp trip yeah. trick where you, you smother the, those plants with a, a tarpaulin. Um, yeah. <clears throat> 
right over top of the plants and leave that tarpaulin for months, you know, six months, eight months, yep. uh, and make sure that there's complete death of everything beneath the tarp. You are legally allowed to use Roundup on poison ivy because mm-hmm. poison ivy is considered a noxious weed. Uh, okay. And it's something you want to be really careful of if you're handling it, like when you said digging it, et cetera. Remember, you know, even if you're wearing gloves and long pants and all those important things, it has but an I, oil. I did get an attack one day and it, it, that's how I knew it was poison ivy. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh boy. So you but um, they to, say not to burn it. No, nope, don't burn it. No. Oh, I see. Well, so bag it. You know, bag it in green garbage bags and leave yeah. those green garbage bags out in the sun, and it will just turn to beautiful mush and die. Like it, oh, but of course, you're not going to okay. open those green garbage bags. You're going to just let, I know. let it all die in there. <laughs> That's the best way because you know, right? In a paper bag, like a traditional compost bag, mm-hmm. right? that poison ivy is not going to die anytime soon. And, oh. and even the the poor people that are picking up those bags, or or you I yourself know. handling them. So because where I live, they don't pick up yard waste. You have to take it yourself. So you don't okay. want to be double handling this stuff just green garbage bag landfill all righty oh i i but if it's going to the landfill wouldn't i have i would label it right yeah you, yeah exactly you, in your case okay. you probably have to put the tags on yeah okay so those green garbage bags will help oh yeah that'll do a great job they'll okay. kill it better than anything <laughs> oh, okay. well, thank you, you very much there you go valerie just itching to get at that problem my oh, golly oh that's I horrible know, it is bad <laughs> All right. Hey, as we take our next little break here, uh, let me remind you of the phone numbers in Toronto. Call 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Right? Uh, eight six six seven four. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did it. right. I, I started to doubt myself there. Like, oh wait, did wait, I, say it wrong? I know it's in front of me here. I was just joking. The way you, you sound a little hesitant. Uh, all right, Frank and Charlie back in a moment here on Zoomer Radio. Fully half of Zoomer's nearly three million readers took a vacation trip last year. Are you one? Then you'll love reading about how some snowbirds are still traveling even in COVID. Where are they going? How are they getting there? Also, read how a wife and mother upended her life as she turned 60 with a five-month adventure alone to a remote area of Brazil. The new issue of Zoomer with Queen Elizabeth on the cover. On sale now. Zoomer Magazine. Life Empowered. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, uh, turning to an email, uh, this from Leslie Morgan, says, um, Hi, Charlie, every fall we mow the leaves into mulch and rake it into the garden. Now, we've got huge trees in the backyard, but this year the maple tree has more than normal black spots. Should we mulch them for the garden or rake, uh, rake them up for waste? There you go. It's a good question. The um, the maple tree with leaves with black spots, mm-hmm. and they're big black spots. It's like some big giant shook a paintbrush yeah. full of tar over top of the, these maple trees, and of course you got these blobs of black. That it's actually a fungal disease, and it is called tar spot because that's it's exactly truly black. what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. and um, it is a fungal disease that. Uh, is overwinters on the leaves. So if you leave leaves on the property that are not decomposed but are sitting there out in the open, the spores can move from those leaves next spring up onto the newly emerging leaves 
on your maple trees. Ooh. So that's how we get that cycle going. Right. So the, the argument is remove all those spotted leaves off your property. Then next spring, there's no inoculant to cause that disease mm-hmm. in the future. However, most neighborhoods, and it's always Norway maples that this is, happens on. And there's so many Norway maples out there that even if you're absolutely pristine clean at your place, chances are somebody's left a Norway maple leaf on the ground and that those spores are floating around and your trees will get infected again next year. So that's why I would always keep the leaves myself, but I would use my lawnmower and break them all up small so that they will decompose much faster Mm -hmm. and hopefully not be in a position to reinfect next spring because they will have been broken down. Yeah, I was just wondering whether you use the same uh, system basically as as the advice for Valerie and the uh, poison ivy, putting it in bags or... Well, you know, with those tar-spotted leaves, you can just bag them up into the paper uh, yard waste bags and have them taken away to the yard waste depot uh, and they will be, they will decompose compost them there. Main thing is you get that inoculant off of your property if that works. The problem is is it doesn't really work because you can't really eliminate every leaf. It just isn't that easy. Right. But I love my leaves so much, I would always keep my leaves. So it's up to you. (laughs) There's sort of two philosophical schools of thought. Keep them, chop them up, or... Send them away and and hope that you you're clean and clear next year. All right, good enough. Uh, from Hamilton, Mandevilla on the line. Good morning. Hi, welcome to the show, Gregory on the line. Oh, <laughs> right. Hi, Mandevilla. Okay, good how's morning, your Gregory? Mandevilla. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing? Good morning, Charlie. Uh, the reason for my call, I have this three foot from the top of the uh, planter high Mandevilla. Mm-hmm. It didn't flower as well as it did the previous year, mm-hmm. but brought it inside, did my spraying of the soap, everything. Good. I have these small, well, very fine spindly growth coming from the top. Mm-hmm. Um, do I trail them and put them back into the pant and, or do I cut them off? Like it's like, so those little spindly things are coming from the, the pot, the ground level. No, they're coming from the top of the plant. Like the newest it's, it's growth. new growth. Yes. Okay, you, you, it's up to you. You are going to cut those back eventually. It's just a question of when. Right. How, did you do any cutting back when you brought the plant in? No, I didn't. Um, so if you've got, okay, and is it, how much sun is it in now? Uh, yeah, it's in the front room, so it's getting uh, sun during throughout the day. And that's a southern window, is it? Uh, yes, it is. No curtains? Uh, uh, shears. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's not going to be a very good-looking plant for the next little while. It's going to send out all kinds of little spindly things. You can what I'd be inclined to do is let them do let it do its thing now through these dark days of winter. Okay. Um, if it just tuck those little spindly things in. And when the good thing is that you've got the green growth happening, you've got photosynthesis happening, you've got the plant, you know, energizing itself uh through photosynthesis. But there's going to be a day probably early March, maybe late February, the sun is going to be shining and you're going to get all horticultural and say, I got to get this plant looked after. And you are at that point are going to do a very big pruning on it. You're going to prune it down to half its size. Okay. And you're going to begin fertilizing at that point. Okay. So uh, I have right now I have pebbles on the bottom of do I water from the bottom or water in the actual pot? I don't think it really matters. The main thing is be careful to not overwater water. through oh. the winter because the plant, of course, isn't using water the way it did when it was outside all summer. I understand. Okay. So, yeah, just be careful with your watering because it's easy to overwater in the winter. If anything, you know, err on the side of too little water rather than too much because you certainly won't kill the plant with too little water. Lovely. Okay. 
to both of you, have a happy holiday season. Thank you. Thank you. Gregory. Nice to hear and from you. Same to you and yours. Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning. By the way, sometimes, you know, you just assume that everybody knows where they're tuned to. But some folks might be driving along and just discover, uh, hey, what's this garden show? Where the heck are they yeah, coming who from? who are these cool people? Well, this <laughs> this is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm and Frank Proctor. the sous chef, Frank Proctor. Well, thank the you very under, much. under, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> And we are broadcasting uh, from Zoomer Radio AM. 740 and 96.7 FM. From you got it. Downtown Toronto. Exactement. All right. Dundas, Ontario. Maria on the line. Good morning, Maria. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Good. I have a problem with a Dutch pipe that has taken over my front garden. Right. Did you plant it? Uh, actually, my parents did. I've taken over there place and they planted it my mom about 20 years ago mm-hmm. it's everywhere now charlie and it's even reaching out as far as the uh, lawn coming yeah. up through the lawn oh boy yeah i know there's a few vines so many of the vines are so vigorous that they become invasive they become a problem and like you say you know trumpet vine comes to mind this does the exact same thing one little sweet plant and then it's coming up all over the neighborhood yeah. through right. lawns and sidewalks so what do you do um so i was thinking charlie that in the spring i was going to take up all the plants that i actually wanted at the front garden mm. and transplant them somewhere else like mm. in the back mm. um and then what do I do? Rototiller, or do I have to get an excavator in? That the they're so the roots are so uh, wide and large, and when I tried to pull them up, I'm, I mean, I could go for feet and feet and feet, just pulling and pulling. Right. So I wonder if if you could, depending on how your front yard lays out, if you could do what we were talking about uh, for uh, Valerie with her poison ivy. So it's called solarization, where once you've taken away everything that you love and you've been very careful to not take any roots of that Dutch pipe into the with those loved plants, yeah. then it's... Uh, tarpaulin, the darker the color, the better it works, down flat onto the ground, rocks all around the edge so no light gets underneath, and uh, and wait. And the sun beating down and lack of water, etc., etc., what is beneath that tarpaulin will die. It doesn't happen fast, so it can't. it's not a very pretty sight for the right. months that you have that tarpaulin out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, even s- some planters sitting on top of the tarpaulin holds it down, and you could do some, you know, flowers and some nicer-looking uh, decor on top of the tarp, but that's gonna. There, there's no real easy fix. Or you get your roundup, and every time a little green sprout puts its little nose up above ground, its roundup works by contacting green growth. And the younger the green growth, so the earlier in the spring, the more effective it is. The faster it works. So that's the other way. It's just every single day or every second day, get out there and spray every, and preferably when it's not windy, of course, spray very thoroughly any indicate, you know, any little sprouts coming up. Yeah, I just, I hesitate to use anything like Roundup. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the good thing about Roundup is it's not, um, it it doesn't stay in the soil. That's one of the things that we like about it. Yeah, it's, once Roundup is dry, so it's a, you know, it's a liquid product, but once it's dry, it's completely inert. And this has been shown over and over. Now, still, some people go, yeah, I prefer to, you know, stay away from any chemicals if I can avoid them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then the pulling problem, as you know, is it's not easy. They're, um, not, uh, gonna, not gonna be, you'll be doing that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, but you know, if you can, like the solarization is probably the best, really, to eliminate invasive plants. 
Okay. All Thank right. you so much, Charlie. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Thanks Maria. And a very Merry Christmas to one and all your place. Yeah. Um, you sent me, a, I, the night before I come in, of course, trying to say, check my email. And here's an, an email that was sent to Charlie. And she said, this is fun. This is a funny thing. Karen <clears throat> Tucker sends a picture along uh, about a monster carrot that grew up in her driveway. She said it's about one and a half inches diameter at the top, but it's heaved up the asphalt about a half an inch. A local hare didn't even try to eat it. Have you ever seen anything like this before? She says, P.S., I did not plant it, but this thing pushed its way right up through the, the pavement. I know, and it, and it's right in the driveway. Yeah. It's between the driveway and the garage. That's right. A little tiny, tiny crack, a little <laughs> bit of soil, and seed got dropped by a bird or somebody, and and there it is growing. Yeah. But what a good testament to how tough plants are. Wow, I guess. And, of course, a carrot with its taproot yeah. has got a very strong root. It's like dandelions, right? Yep. Everybody says... No, don't want dandelions. And yet, what an amazing plant. What Those roots go down. They break up clay soil. They break up asphalt. Yeah. The, they can do anything. I mean, it's quite amazing. It's a, you know, a testament to the, the amazingness of plants. Thanks for sending that in, Karen. I appreciated that. Uh, phone numbers for The Garden Show in Toronto. 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Your old stomping grounds, Richmond Hill. Rita is there right now on the line. Good morning, Rita. Morning. Morning. Um, I need your help because I had to dig up these little baby hen chucks because they were tearing down the tree. I don't know what to do with them. I put them in, you know, you're hanging baskets. Mm-hmm. I put them in there and I use that soil. Mm-hmm. And then I put them in the back of my porch, which there's no heat in there. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what to do because I had to take them up from like the root. So and okay, just to I be, don't really want to kill them. No, just to be clear, uh, is it hens and chicks? Like the little, yes, yeah. that's the name of it. Thank you. Thanks. Right, yeah. So it's like a little rosette of succulent leaves, the tough little, little critters. Yeah. Um, they do want to be left outside. The unheated porch could work, um, depending on how cold it gets this winter, because, of course, being in the ground is always better than being above ground. Mm. But, uh, like I say, a porch is better than just being outside in a pot. The sun can get in there, the sun, if, if we get sun. Yeah, which is okay. And this is a succulent plant. So think of those leaves, those very, very uh, thick leaves. That plant is able to store liquids and water inside its leaves. So it's a plant that needs virtually no care at all. So you took some garden soil from the garden, and then you pop these little plants just on top of the surface of the soil, I assume. Yes, okay. yes. And I you wa- the hanging plants, they're full. Yeah. yeah, and did you water at all when you did that? No, because I was scared. That's why I needed your help. <laughs> so depending on, was the soil fairly moist, or was it? Yes, on, Okay, yes. so that's good. And you know what? What you've done is fine. If you can take them back outside before winter and give them a, a spot for their you know future growth, do it. You could do it now even. It's not oh. a deep um, digging situation. The roots only go down about a half an inch to an inch at the most. So yeah, I you took them from a trunk. You know the trunk of the tree? Yeah. So I took they're them all around there because around there. they're as old as me. They're 50 years old. Yeah. So. It's great that they're growing there because th- this is a plant that wants sun. They'll yeah. often grow on around rocks. We use them in rock gardens and in little cracks and crannies in our different spots in the garden. So if you can put them out and you have those kinds of spots now, do it. Or, I will. Or leave them on the porch and then get them into the ground next spring. But um, be, I would say your chance of survival is probably fi- the same either way. <laughs> Don't water well, them, though. 
Thank you so, okay. so much. And happy holiday, guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Good show. I love you guys. Thank you very, very <laughs> oh, much. Thanks. Thank you so much. I love Frank, too. Yeah. Well, there you are. Uh, <laughs> it's just a happy little family group, huh? Uh, from Mississauga, Teresa on the line. Good morning, Teresa. Charlie, good morning, Frank. How good are you? Good morning. Great, thanks. Good, good. good. Um, I have a question. Uh, for the first time ever, we decided to put a real Christmas tree outdoors. Yeah. Uh, it's under uh, the carport, so it's not exposed to rain. Should it be watered? Oh, yeah. Oh, it should. It's a cut Christmas tree? Like, it's a cut-off Christmas tree? It's a cut-off Christmas yeah. tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It needs water. Oh, um, okay. Even um, not in the sun. Do I put it in a pot? Like, how do I water it? Because right now it's um, uh, it's on a cross stake. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So you don't have a tree stand at all? One of those? I don't. Um, okay, so what I have done, because I do the same thing, I have two l- smaller Christmas trees, uh, real ones, Fraser firs, that I put into big pots outside. So uh-huh. I, I'm, I get the soil nice and moist, mm-hmm. I jam, I do a nice fresh cut on the bottom of the tree, okay. jam those little trees down into that nice moist soil, firm the soil all around the, the, the trunks of the trees, okay. water, and then hope that it gets cold enough to freeze and hold the trees upright. What has happened at my house, because it's been so mild, is I live in a hurricane zone, and (laughs) every hour I'm going and straightening these trees because they're they're leaning in the wind, or one time they flipped right out and they rode on the out on the walkway. So until they freeze in position, they you have to sort of keep an eye on them. But they're beautiful, right? They're you know they're real and you put some lights on them and they're very elegant. If they dry out too much with the lights, I'm worried about being under the Carport, you never know a fire or something. Yeah, it's true, and and it is even. It's like a cut flower. Think of a cut Christmas tree as a cut flower. So it uh-huh. it was alive, but it is dying. Right. But you can prolong and slow down the death. Excuse me, <clears throat> the death of the tree and the death of a cut flower by providing a fresh cut to the bottom and lots of water. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a merry Christmas. And thank thank you. you. It was it's always nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks for Thank calling. Thank you very much for calling. Um, yeah, it's funny at my house, my my street. It's a new place, right? Yep. New subdivision, big big lots though, and now it's all filled in. Last year there was five or six houses hadn't even been built yet, but they're built now. People moved in. These people are into Christmas. I mean, we've got some Christmas displays going on. I'll bet you. Um, yeah. To the point where one gentleman at the end of the road, he's got the primo location there, brought in the cherry picker to oh. do the lights up high on no his kidding. house. You know, right at the Whoa, top peaks and everything lovely. else. So, of course, we were glaringly unchristmassy. <laughs> so I'm just spreading the word. Well, you know, I live with a Jew. Like, we just don't... <laughs> It's all me. Like he does nothing, and they're going. Well, does he celebrate Christmas? Like, oh yeah, he loves Christmas. Does he decorate? Nope. <laughs> he loves the presents, but anything else? No. Oh, that rascal, Elliot. So, I'm so I'm, I've just spread all this word. So I'm completely feeling. You know, it's, it's since everybody knows that I live with somebody who's not going to do it because it's all the men, right? They're all stringing lights everywhere. So anyway, I did like I, like I said to to Teresa. I did get my little trees out there and my lights on them, and he kept saying, "Can I help?" And I was like, "No." You 
you don't know how to do this. <laughs> you know, as we have to take a next break, just before that, though, you mentioned Christmas. Can't help but think of our 12th annual Holiday Hope Fund here at the station where we fully support raising some funds for the folks at Scott Mission. They've been doing this for years, know, years and years and years and years. And men, women, children, we need uh, money to help with clothing, uh, food, of course, and toys for the kids. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if you can, folks, if, I know it's been a tough year mm. for a lot of people, but if you are lucky enough to still have a job mm. and still make a few shekels from here you know, <laughs> to there, um, just go to scottmission.com mm. and donate what you can yeah. in support of the 12th Annual Holiday Hope Fund from both AM740 and our sister station, Classical 96. Mm. So there you go. Okay, uh, we have to take a little bit of a break right now. A reminder, phone lines are open. We've got a couple of lines open right now. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And in, uh, well, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie Dobbin will return momentarily. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, okay, Charlie, let's uh, get on the line here to have a word with Bev from Oxbridge. Good morning, Bev. Nice to have you with us. Hi, Charlie and Bev. I missed you last week, and anyway, I I have a PG bush, mm-hmm. and it's hanging over my walkway, mm-hmm. and it bloomed beautifully mm-hmm. this year for the first time, and I don't know whether to cut it down now or when would I cut it. Did you send me an email on this a month or two ago? No, I didn't. Because it's it's a very familiar story. Somebody had the exact same problem, and the so many flowers, such a top heavy plant that it leaned right over, and it was literally blocking the walkway because right. of all the heavy flowers and the top heaviness of the plant. So normally we try to leave the flowers on our PG hydrangeas for the winter because I well, I personally find them quite attractive. They are. They turn a bronzy color, but they're lacy and and very light, and in the wind, some of them will blow away, but. Either way, leave them for the winter, do all your trimming in the spring. But if this plant is blocking access to the front door or to a place you need to go, then I would get out my pruners on a dry day. Tomorrow will be a good day. The sun is going to shine and it will be, you know, close to zero, but no issues in terms of the plant when it comes to temperature. But always do your pruning when it's not damp and gray and dark. So sunny tomorrow, get out there and just prune off what is impinging on the walkway. And then next spring, do a proper pruning so all the flowers go away and look at the plant to avoid this problem in the future perhaps you have to bring it down closer to the ground uh, it is i assume it's a multi-stemmed shrub or is it a little miniature tree oh it's it's a good size very good but is it multi-stems or is it yes, okay. yes. yeah so you know what if, if you can take that plant down you can take it down to half its current height next spring oh very good yeah don't be afraid <laughs> Not you, till spring, though. Yeah. Well, or, I mean, well, you could do it now if you wanted to. But just be, if you are going to do it now, make sure you're using sharp pruners and make sure your cuts are on a slight angle so that moisture doesn't sit on those cut um, branches that are going to catch water and snow and stuff. I see. Very good. All right. Yeah, you can do that. It's, you either, with hydrangeas, you're either doing your pruning in the fall or the spring. So in your case, it sounds like it might be a good idea to do it in the fall this year with the intention of being able to do it in the spring in the future. 
Okay. Very good. Thank you. And happy holidays to you both. Thank well, you thank very you much. Thank you too. very much. Alrighty. Um, I have a, an email here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it. My not so beautiful hibiscus. Uh, this in from Allison McGilvery. She says, hi, Charlie. I love your show. I listen every Saturday. like to know if you could tell me about this hibiscus. Could I plant it or spray it and take it inside for winter? Also, do I cut it down and how much? And that's okay, so from you, Allison. The subject line is great, that not so beautiful yeah. hibiscus. But what's even better is that she sent me a photograph and it's not a hibiscus. Oh, <laughs> so, what is it? it? Well, yeah, so thank you for that, Allison. That is a mandevilla. So if Allison is listening right now, she will have heard Gregory, who called in from Hamilton, on the subject of his mandevilla, which he's brought in. Now, I, hopefully Allison has brought it in by now, because this uh, email is about a month old. It would We've had some hard frost mm-hmm. since then. So if she's left it out, it's toast, it's dead. But assuming she did bring it in, the same advice holds that, that I said to Gregory. You know, use the soap spray to make sure it's clean and no bugs are coming in with it. And then... Um, Get into a sunny window if you have one. Water very sparingly and prepare to do a big pruning late winter, early spring. Sometimes people don't have that in a bright sunny window, so they'll, they're going down into the basement and just making the plant go dormant, which is fine. You can do that, but you're not watering at all in that case. You're just going to put it down, preferably not pure black darkness, but it's got to be cool temperatures if you're going to go dormant. You can't put it down into a, a hot, dark room. It's got to be a cool uh, room, preferably with the window and virtually no water all winter. Okay. Right. Quick word to Andrea in uh, North York. I know you've been hanging on the line. Darn near 10 minutes. We're coming back to you in moments here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Let's take a little trip to North York. Andrea on the line. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing this morning? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I have an inquiry I was hoping you guys could could help me out with. So my fiancé and I imported... one of those uh, variegated banana trees from uh, from Thailand, yeah. and you know it, it was cool for a bit, and it was it was growing fine. But then when the weather started to get cool, um, it basically the you know the stem sort of you know went really really dry, and now it's essentially just the bulb with the roots. Mm-hmm. Um, given the temperature and sort of given uh, obviously the climate right now, is there a way that we could potentially grow this indoors, or do you have any? Like recommendations for possibly bringing that plant back to life is is it in a pot right now or the ground? Uh, right now it's in a pot. Okay, <clears throat> I would definitely plan to bring it indoors. It, as far as I know, will not survive the winter. So it uh, the, there are some so-called hardy banana trees, but they're. Mm, there, there's levels of hardiness, and I don't think you'll find that that plant will survive outside th- through the entire winter. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you've got, if you've got like a root cellar or a cool basement and you want to just keep it dormant in the pot, or you might have a bright, sunny you know, big patio window that faces south or west with no curtains on it, and you could put that pot into that sunny location. Be very careful, just one of those kind of water once things, and uh, growth should start, little little suckers should start to grow from that root. Mm-hmm. And then allow it to grow in indoors, obviously all winter, with the intention of getting it outside again once we're frost-free. 
So we actually had it indoors uh, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually never did have it outdoors, oh, okay. but nonetheless, it did, well, that growth did start to mm. stunt itself once the, oh, it started getting cold. But I, I think that what you're saying, I, I'd probably I'll take that up and see if I can get some growth on it. Well, well um, so where, when you had it inside the house all summer or for the period it was in the house, what kind of window did you have it in? Was it lots of sun? Yeah, it had a, quite a bit of sun, and okay. uh, we watered it a little bit at first because those. You know, if I remember that those plants, they, you know, they like their water, but you don't want to water them too much initially because you know, like you said earlier on the program, too much water you can't really fix, but not enough. You know, you can always put a bit more. That's right, and make sure that the pot that it's in has drainage holes, mm-hmm. right? So that because it's very easy to feel the surface of the soil and it's all dry, but for all you know, there's moisture down there, and if there's no drainage holes, you can really start to pile it up. All plants slow down in the winter. They do respond mm-hmm. to the, to the, even tropical plants respond to the shorter days. So it, it's, as long as that root is firm and, you know, if you feel it, um, it, it, it's shiny, you know what I mean? It's got life in it. It will, it will sprout back. Um, but water carefully, um, and water rarely, but lots of sun is going to, or even supplemental light, you know, if you had a grow light or something like that, you'll find it will respond better. All right, we we do have a grow light, so we'll yeah. we'll definitely take you up on that advice. Yeah, Thank idea. you so much. All righty, sounds thanks like for you're calling. doing all the right things there. That's for sure. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you for uh, joining us here on this Saturday morning. And if I remember correctly, you were given some homework. Oh, you to would do. remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Notice I don't do the homework. I, yeah. I notice. <laughs> we had a caller, Ian, from Rockwood, back well, two weeks ago or more. No, two weeks ago, I think. He was um. Talking about buckwheat, wanting to grow buckwheat, and he mentioned using buckwheat as a herbicide. So I've never grown buckwheat, so I very quickly did some research, as you know, and I guess it's, see, buckwheat is used as a cover crop. So a cover crop is where we have, um, we're rotating our crops mm-hmm. because we never yep. put the same thing in, you know, over and over. So buckwheat is a cover crop. It's used to avoid, um, weeds moving in on a, on a fee- field that might be fallow because Buckwheat grows so fast, it outcompetes other weeds. And that's maybe where this idea of buckwheat as a herbicide came in. It, so if there's weeds in the field before the buckwheat seeds go in, then you can have problems. But if it's a clear field and you put buckwheat seeds, it will grow so fast, it will outcompete. It strangles everything else. Uh, well, pretty much it grows so yeah. fast that it, it outcompetes everything else. Um, now, how many pounds per acre? Because that was one of the things was the seeding density. And according to our friends at Google, buckwheat seed is sown at 70 pounds per acre. So it's broadcast and scratched in. So that's scratched in is preferably you have machinery, depends how big your field is, but rakes. But the main thing is you want good, what we call seed soil contact. Uh, 50 pounds per acre if it's drilled. So Mm -hmm. that's if you have a machine that can do drill seeding. If it's hand broadcasting or, you know, just like like a fertilizer spreader kind of thing, then you're going to want to get your your, um, rake out. Now you wouldn't Buckwheat seed does not get planted now, of course. It is an annual plant, and it would be planted in the spring. It can be, you can get two crops out of it, so you could do it, um, but it needs a warm soil. So typically people will do a winter wheat followed, then that's harvested in June, and then we're, or July, and then we buckwheat seed for the rest of the season. And it's a great cover crop. It's wonderful support for the pollinators. There's a whole bunch of great things about buckwheat. And it's used for different things, right? You don't even realize, like, have you ever mm-hmm. heard of groats? 
Have you ever heard of groats? No. What a groat? A groat comes from buckwheat. <laughs> Sorry. That's what? Um, um, and a really small little niche market for buckwheat. The, it's a grain, right? So the hulls or the shells of the buckwheat, shells, yeah. they make pillows. Have you ever heard of a buckwheat pillow? Yeah. Well, there you go. So that's the, well, the hull of a buckwheat grain. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What you don't, what that woman doesn't know. Well, no, I just, the things I learn, I mean, it's just, it's wacky. So anyway, there's a great website in, if you're listening, uh, the Iowa State University Extension and Outreach under Alternative Agriculture. If you go there, there's a very good, uh, long, long story all about buckwheat. Okay. I don't think we have any calls left. Uh, no, we don't. We don't. But. It affords me the opportunity to check with you as to the phone calls you've been having with your relatives about uh, Christmas and you know, oh, who's going to yeah. go where or not go where is the case. You know what? Be. We haven't figured it out. Have you? No. I, I really, really would like my kids to join us for Christmas out at our yeah. place, but both my kids live in downtown Toronto, yeah. which is a very red zone or even past red zone. Yeah. So. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't figured it out. Well, you know, Shirley and I live on a farm, basically, mm. uh, in the uh, northern part of Stouffville. And uh, so we're just having uh, her sister Betty yeah. come for Christmas dinner. And, uh, and that's that's pretty well. Can I go to Swiss Chalet and pick up Christmas dinner? Actually, she's going to order it from Longo. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they do a the, dinner. The whole, the whole turkey thing. And they, they do the, I think, for 99 bucks or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It'll afford us, you know, so we have leftovers. That's, that's what I love. <laughs> the about best part. Ooh, I love oh, leftover God. turkey. The dressing and all that stuff. Well, particularly if it's a good dressing. I mean, I make a yep. very specific dressing. This is handed down. Down through the generations yeah. and says all nice over. and moist. No, the opposite. It's oh, quite dry. dry yeah. Oh, see now I, so I love it moist. Do you? It's all yeah. soggy though. <laughs> <laughs> you make it moist with gravy, so it's like a dry dressing with gravy and, and mashed potatoes. Obviously, oh, I see. Well, of course. Or yeah. as my son would do it, the sweet potatoes. meat and mm. then the gr- dressing <laughs> and then the gravy and the cranberries loaded. Oh, you oh, like that too? Oh, oh here we go. Yeah. Now I'm getting hungry. See, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go for breakfast pretty soon. Uh, yeah, know. it must be your right. turn, right, to buy? And it must yeah. be. And uh, let's uh, while we're at it, wish a very merry Christmas to the guys who follow us, uh, Dave's <laughs> Corner Garage Gang. They are they here. Are, I see them now. They're they're getting the engines revved up. And ho oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> ho! Uncle Frank. <laughs> You're welcome, little Alan. Come and sit on my knee. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Whoop out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Show's shot now. <laughs> um, yeah, we, so we've got a couple more Saturdays. Yeah. And then, crazily enough, Boxing Day is a Saturday coming up. Yeah. And um, uh, that one, I know I'll be uh, doing from home. Right. I will and not I'll, be I'll coming be in into studio the studio. To kind of feel the the calls and make sure you yeah. get the calls and so forth. And so tell on. us about your turkey. Well, <laughs> yeah, I will do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring in some extra goodies too. Oh, will you? But I won't be well, here. Uh, what, what, what? What? Oh, oh, yeah. I guess maybe, well, maybe if you're here next week, uh, it might bring a little something. Oh, that'd be nice. So, uh, Baileys. <laughs> yeah, I think I might. I'm not sure. Like, I'm taking every Saturday as, at a time. Yeah. Uh, just because I've got sort of responsibilities here, but now ultimately fewer responsibilities here yeah. so it's a, it's just a process i have yeah. to go through and um exactly. my I, my brother and sister-in-law are being quite helpful and and supportive so that's important yeah so thank you frank thank, thank you, you carlos thank you to our great callers keep them coming see you all again next week this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.